Okay, welcome everyone uh, to, to something new that I'm offering to members of the collective. So uh, each month I'm gonna do a session with a member to unpack some question that they have or issue that they're feeling challenged with or something in their chart that they're trying to understand. And we'll talk a little bit about their chart specifically, anonymously, and um, also uh, how they can best pull threads inside the collective uh, to do more deep diving on their own. So I'll talk about some things and I'll also talk about some places to look. Um, and yeah, before we get started, let's you and I just take a couple of deep breaths together to come into the space. So we'll blow all the air out of our lungs. Take a big inhale through the nose. Open mouth, exhale. We'll do two more like that. Perfect. Yeah, that feels better. Um, okay, so this member emailed me a little while ago about business through design. And this person is a four, six emotional manifester. It's been manifester week. I think every reading I've done this week has been manifestors, which is really funny. Um, and, uh, they're looking to kind of start, uh, an intuitive mentorship business and they're looking for kind of clues through their design into how to craft that and brand it and market it in a way that will, uh, feel aligned and also feel, uh, fulfilling as well as be successful and like attract the right clients. Did I get that right? Oh, you nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Um, and, uh, it can be a lot. And I think when we do these kinds of things, it can be important to just like, listen for what sticks out to you in the moment, you know, it can feel like, Oh my God, that's a lot of rabbit holes I could dive down. And it is, and each one will inform it and be helpful. Um, but like, listen for the things that you're like, Oh, that, or, or the things that you're like, Oh shit, I don't want to look into that. <laughs> then it might be something to look into also. Um, but yeah, just pay attention to what sticks out and what feels right for right now. And if I say something that's like out of left field, or you're like, no, that's not, that's not it. Then just put that down and pick something else up, you know? Um, uh, yeah. So first and foremost, for members who are listening, there is a business outline in the collective. So there's a module in the collective called outlines, and it's kind of like the threads that I would pull, which a lot of the threads that I'm going to talk about today and pull will be from that outline. Um, in addition, we just did the being bounteous journey, and that has a lot to do with uh, branding and marketing and, uh, kind of the, the, how you create your own prosperity, but also like through work. Um, so I don't know, have you had a chance to go through some of that stuff? It's luscious. It's like it's luscious. the reason why I joined the collective. I saw that and I said, okay, I have to have it. I have to be there. So, yeah. Uh, every time you pay me a compliment, it's like the best compliment. <laughs> you give really good compliments. That's like one of your gifts. Um, okay. So business outline is where I would start. And then I'm actually going to share my screen with you because before I get into any of that stuff, I want to talk about some astrology stuff. I don't know how much you know about your astrology. I would 
say a fair amount, you know, I've been digging into it, you know, off and on over the years. And have you had a chance to take the perfection course? I have not. Okay, perfect. Okay, so the first thing I wanted to say is that uh, you just turned 48, right? Correct. Yes. So any, any multiple of 12 is a first house perfected year, which is pretty huge. So I didn't want to miss talking about this because um, it means that you're like kind of resetting a whole new cycle for yourself right now. Uh, and, you know, for the next 12 years, because we, we have a house that's highlighted for a year each and, uh, and yeah, like we always talk about these like big milestone birthdays, like 40 and 50 and 60, but this is actually a bigger deal. I think than than something like that, this is like a turning point in your life when you're making decisions that will impact the next 12 years. And you're like creating some big shift, um, and changes are happening. Uh, not only that, so with that being said, that means that you're in a first house perfected year, you're an Aries rising. So your time Lord for the year, which sounds like some crazy sci-fi thing, your guiding planet for the year is Mars. Um, so you're, you're in for, and when I say for the year, I'm speaking about her birthday to her birthday, not like 2022. Um, so you just entered you know, early summer into this first house perfected year where you're going to be in some Mars marinating stew for the year. And, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. Um, in addition to that, you have your progressed moon in the eighth house in Scorpio, which is a pretty intense journey. And you've been there for a while. Uh, you've got about eight months left of being in that space, but you've, you've been in there for like, you know, a year and a half, a little over a year and a half, but the eighth house is like other people's money, taxes, death, psychology, like the deeper kind of layers of things. So there's been like a psychological element happening for the, for the past year and a half plus, um, that will continue on for the next eight months. When people have their moon in the, in the eighth house, I always say like, make sure that your taxes are in order. <laughs> You'll have another tax season while this is like still there, I think. So like being mindful of that. Um, but it's just, it's just like a little bit of, of a time to like, take care of yourself. Like it can feel like it's draining your energy a little bit. Um, it can be like emotionally charged in difficult ways. Uh, and it's also today specifically in direct opposition to your natal sun. So with that, you have more, it's like emphasizing more kind of changes on the horizon. It's also like big feels coming through, um, like big emotional stuff coming through and like having kind of your feelings being a little bit at odds sometimes with like the path that you're used to taking. So kind of some kind of, um, tension there. Um, and then with Mars as your time Lord, I took a look at your solar return chart, which is actually, so when we look at the solar return chart, I'm mostly looking at your time Lord for the year. And I'm mostly looking at 
also like your rising sign, but like what's going on with your time Lord. And is it different than what's going on with your time Lord and your natal chart? And when you compare those two things, does that mean that this year is going to be kind of of the norm? Is it going to be like a little bit more feel supported and like eat more easeful, or is it going to be like a little bit more challenging? And I think based on this, you have a lot of opportunities uh, this year you've got, so in your natal chart, you have Mars in detriment, meaning your Mars is like under-resourced and there's like an inconsistency to how it operates and how those themes operate and how the themes that it rules operates, which would be your first house identity and your eighth house, which is where that moon is progressed mm -hmm. through right now. Um, so in your solar return chart, you've got Mars in the fifth house. Um, which is a fine placement. It's like creativity is amplified and um, like fun and play and romance and all of those kind of fun things. Like the fifth house is kind of a fun house. Um, and it's ruling your ascendant. So not only are you having like this kind of guiding light Mars year, but in your solar return chart for the year, Mars is like you, you know? So it's, it's, extra Martian this year. Um, and you have, uh, you have in your solar return chart, Mars is in a tight conjunction to Neptune and, and still conjunct Jupiter. Mm -hmm. So with the tight conjunction to Neptune, like sometimes even in your, um, well, no, that's a different thing I wanted to talk about. Um, in with Neptune, we can feel like confusing energy. Like I can't quite see clearly or like things feel confusing. And there may be some of that, but also Mars and Neptune, Neptune can kind of balance each other out a little bit. Sometimes it will be like a spiritual warrior kind of vibe for the year. If you like step into that energy. Um, and I think that's like really, really aligned with your North node. So in your natal chart, your North node is in Sagittarius and the ninth house, which is like an awesome placement also because there's not like this dual integration. It's like, it's like Sagittarius and the ninth house have a lot of kind of crossover themes. And so you have like this one location to look for direction. And when you're talking about creating an aligned business, I think the North node is always a place to look to because the North node just like brings a lot of ease and joy into our lives when we're following what it's asking us to follow and you're 48. So you're definitely in like the North node space. Like it kind of shifts at age 40 that we move from the South node energy and we want to start like embracing the North node qualities and Sagittarius North node is kind of a spiritual warrior energy. Um, it's like higher learning. It's like following your intuition. Um, it's spiritual connection and growth. Uh, it's being like direct in your communication because it does have that kind of communication energy, but it's like trusting in yourself and listening to your guides. And this comes up in multiple times in your human design to like one, you're a manifester, uh, two, you have a Capricorn midheaven, like you're here to walk your own path, you know, and not be comparing yourself to what everybody else is doing or what works for other people or doesn't work for other people. Like you want to do your own thing. And when you're questioning, like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. It should always be like turning inward to ask and asking your guides and having like a spiritual connection with source or whatever you believe in and, and asking for signs. Like I do this all the time. I'll be like, if I should 
do this thing. I'm going to see an ostrich today. And it comes through every time, you know, it may not be that I see an ostrich, but I'll hear an, I'll hear about an ostrich or something. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to pick things that are like, not a squirrel that I'm going to see every day. Um, but things that are like outside of what I would normally have contact with. And I'll ask for a yes and a no. Like if I'm supposed to do this, I'll see this. And if I'm supposed to not do this, I'll see this. Um, those are the kinds of things that, that I would encourage you to do, like sitting in meditation. And, um, and we'll talk about that too, when we get to your mercury. Um, but it's like a big picture energy. It's an open-minded energy. It's spending time in nature. It's spending time in solitude. Um, it's like releasing the indecisive vibes, releasing the like reliance on logic, releasing the like reliance on the mind, which is you're shaking your head, um, which is going to be challenging for you with the defined crown and the defined mind center. Like I think the deconditioning out of the mind is, is harder with a defined mind because your mind is like going, going, going all the time. It's like filing things away. It's like putting things in categories. It's like figuring things out. You're laughing. Um, and so there has to be a way, whether that's, you know, doing some type of meditation that's active, like an active breath work, which we have in the collective we did in being bounteous or mantra or walking meditation or meditation outside in nature, something where you're, you're giving your mind something to focus on too, rather mm -hmm. than just trying to be like, I'm going to sit here in stillness and not think of anything, which is not the point of meditation anyway. But a lot of times when people have defined mind centers, it's like things are going so fast. That's trying to sit in quiet and, and, and observe their mind is like too much. Mm. That makes sense. All of it that you're saying, um, especially about my mind constantly, constantly churning over things, yeah. constantly analyzing everything, constantly like looking for, you know, some the answers to all these questions that I have and never really shuts down. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit, it's a little bit exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, re I mean, I recommend this for everybody, but uh you have like a really strong mercury in your natal chart, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. And I think like journaling for all of us who are trying to decondition, like to get that shit out of the mind and onto paper, because that's how we kind of clear it out sometimes is like a really powerful practice when we, when we're having trouble kind of, and also being gentle with yourself and also knowing that that's how your mind is designed and that you're just not supposed to use it when you're making decisions, but that it's a gift for like discerning other things and figuring out solutions and like creative possibilities and things, you know, it's just not meant for, for decisions about your personal life and like mulling those things over, but like being being, taking it from the position of like, I can observe what my mind is doing and I, it's okay. Like it's busy. I'm not trying to quiet it. I'm not trying to change it. I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just like watching the thoughts pass through. And when it gets too overwhelming and there's too much, I'm going to get out a piece of paper and I'm just going to dump stuff down and like give myself some space. Does that make sense? Totally. I, I like the idea of just getting it out on paper and then like leaving it there for the day. Yeah, exactly. It's huge. Like that kind of morning pages practice from the artist way is when I go back to again and again for anyone who's read that book, because it's just, you get up in the morning, you make your tea or lemon water and you sit down and you stream of consciousness, write four pages out and you just dump it out of your mind. 
so that it has somewhere to go. And, you know, when I have, cause I have an open crown in Ajna. So I have a lot of ideas. I'm like constantly like, should I do this? Should I do that? Ooh, that's fun. That person's doing that. That looks fun. Maybe I'll do that. You know? Um, so I write everything down and then I let it set for a couple of weeks and I come back to it. And I'm like, do I still want to do an, an episode about this? Do I still want to create content around this? Because I get bored with things really. They're kind of just passing through. Not everything's meant for me. Um, so it's a good tool for, for both, for everybody. Uh, let's see. So yeah, with the Mars Neptune conjunction, like this is a year for you to really play with leaning into the, even though Sagittarius is not ruled by Mars, this kind of Mars Neptune connection, I feel like has a lot of similar qualities to your Sagittarius North node and that kind of like trust in spirit and trust in the universe and trust that source has your back and like ask questions of your guides and cultivate a relationship with your guides and your higher mind is like really supported this year with that Mars Neptune relationship. Um, I would also say because Mars, um, rules, well, in your solar return chart, Mars rules your ascendant and your sixth house. And Mars can be like the body that this would be a year to really take care of your body and take care of yourself and like practice good self-care and be mindful of like things that come up and take care of them. Um, also, uh, processing healthy aggression and like getting anger, old anger out and things like that can be really helpful because those things can, uh, get in our way. And I, and I say this too, because in your natal chart, Mars is in fall. So in fall means that, um, it's like a placement that brings kind of, um, some challenges and like inconsistencies in the way that it operates. I think that, uh, fall more than detriment is, is like more of an inside job. And when I say that for those listening, so all of our planets are placed in signs and some of those signs are kind of, um, neutral. Like, it's like, Oh, this kind of likes being here. It's not, it's not really one way or the other. And some placements are like, Oh, this planet is in exaltation or in rulership. And it's like super resourced and happy. And like, it's a place to turn to in your chart. And you have some of those, um, where you can look to for resourcing. And some of our planets are in detriment or fall and detriment is kind of under-resourced and fall is kind of a reputation thing. And when I say reputation, it can be a public reputation, but it can also like, and when I say that, I mean, being integrity in integrity with these things in your chart so that you don't have a reputation issue, but it can also be like a personal inward reputation of like needing to work on your self-esteem, needing to work on your self-worth around these issues or something along those lines that needs to be cleared up. I tend to think of fall as something that like you're in more control over and detriment is more of like, okay, we've got to figure out how to deal with the lack of resources here and like upcycle or <laughs> shift or, you know, like find some way to kind of deal with resources in a different way. Also these placements in our chart that are challenging, much like our profit centers, which we'll talk about. Um, it's like when we can get in right relationship with these energies and not try to fight it and like figure out how to work with it. They can be places of like that we can mine treasure. Um, and oftentimes like someone might end up focusing their career on something that's like associated with a detriment placement or a fall placement because 
they, they've had the challenge in their life and they see the challenge in the world. And then they want to help other people move through that challenge. So they can be good things, but with Mars and fall in your natal chart and not in fall in your solar return chart, that's another reason why I would think this opportunity as well as Mars being your time Lord, as well as Mars being the ruler of your ascendant, as well as this conjunction with Neptune, which can bring kind of a spiritual warrior energy. And it's also hanging out with Jupiter, which can bring expansion, but can also bring access. And that's one of the reasons I'm saying like, if you have, which I think we all do, because even little resentments that we build over time are like unprocessed anger that fall under the big anger umbrella or frustrations. Um, this would be a year when I would be mindful of like processing that out, moving energy and moving Martian energy, like moving your body, going for walks, dancing, doing kickboxing, something that like gets that kind of like Mars energy out and like gives it an outlet and a place to flow. Also, like you're talking about creating a new business, um, which Mars is like tied to air ambition and you have, um, uh, an Aries ascendant. So I feel like that's kind of all tied together to create a little container for you to move forward this year in some way that could be really cool and supportive and like start to build something. That's super awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see if there's anything. I have so many notes. Oh, also. So in your natal chart, you have Saturn in detriment and in your, uh, solar return chart this year, you have Saturn in rulership. So where you would normally have Saturn totally under-resourced and like may have issues with like building foundations or boundaries or, hard work or just father issues, like all the Saturn things mm. this year, it's in rulership. And so it's really resourced. So this planet that's usually kind of creating some low, low or not so low level challenges sometimes is now in a position to like give you something and, and you might explore Saturn in your natal chart and in your uh, gates and like, see how to utilize this time when it is resourced to see what you can like work out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And and, and you're correct though about the whole Saturn um, in detriment over like my, my natal side. Yeah, there's some aspects there that I, I can see have lingered over the years. So it's nice to have a little bit of a boost from that planet. <laughs> yeah, especially because in your natal chart, Saturn rules career for you. It rules, like you have a Capricorn midheaven. So Saturn is your career guy and rules your 10th house because in whole signs, your midheaven still falls into the 10th house and rules your 11th house of like community and networks. And, and so like that would include attracting the right clients and the right like people to your business. Uh, so you're getting a boost to career and a boost to that area in your natal chart. So I think it's good. Um, do you have any questions about any of that stuff before I move on to human design stuff? No, I mean, and I didn't, I thought I knew astrology, but <laughs> you know, astrology because well, those are aspects that I was not aware of. And so this is great. Oh, good. I'm still pretty new to it, but um, I'm studying traditional astrology. So there's like a different way of thinking about things and framing things often with traditional uh, that speaks to like how to work with planets that are kind of creating issues for us and planets that are giving, giving to us. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of that as I move through some stuff in your um, human design chart. So when you emailed me, you said that you had done some, like you had done some research and you had, uh, looked into some of the stuff associated with business, specifically profit centers, 
which for people who are listening to this who don't know what profit centers are, your profit centers are your open centers, uh, which sounds crazy, but um, it basically, like I said earlier, means that when we can like understand how to utilize the energy of these energies, of these centers ourselves, and clear out what we need to clear out and be able to play in the full possibility of these spaces and archetypes, um, then we get to turn that around and, and, and kind of mine, mine, uh, gold from it. Uh, so oftentimes you'll hear that you want to sell from your profit centers and I'm not great at this. I'm going to admit like a lot of my business is marketed from an open self-center and I do not have an open self-center. Like I talk a lot about direction and like finding your purpose and those kinds of things are all open self-center things. Um, and I've sat down multiple times and been like, you need to change your marketing to be more in alignment with your, with your design. And one day I will, I mean, there are some things that are in alignment. Like I have an open Ajna and I'm here to distill concepts into manageable bites of understanding, but, um, some of it is selling from a center that I have. And I think too, these are suggestions, like just because we have, this doesn't mean we can't use phrasing that, that is not from an open center. Like I think. Um, this is all supposed to be an experiment and it's meant to be fun. And we definitely don't want to get into a place where we're like, well, I can't use that because that's mm -hmm. not something that I have. We want to first and foremost, like sell from a space of integrity and authenticity that comes from our heart and our own experiences caveat. But this person has an open self-center an open sacral center and an open spleen center. So this would be about which I think is totally in alignment with what you're trying to do, like selling direction to people to help them find their own direction, how to use your life force and your creativity and, and like the way that serves you. And then the spleen is like intuition and the body and health. So I feel like, especially with your open self-center and your open sacral center, that that's kind of where you're looking to come from. Is it not? That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. So that's really an alignment. And in the collective, there's um, the module, I think it's in the business outline module. There's an audio on the profit centers and like some phrasing and stuff that we can use um, to kind of come from those places. Again, though, when it feels in resonance for you um, is really important. And then you mentioned <clears throat> money channels and you have the money channel and, you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, I have the channel of money. That means I'm supposed to be really rich. And it, I, I mean, yeah, you could be, but it's really more about self-care. Honestly, <laughs> like this channel has a lot to do with, um, not just powering through and like honoring your cycles of work and rest. Um, and, and also like a surrender and trust in the universe, which again comes back to your Sag North Node. Like I think leaning into your Sag North Node is like a big, um, a big help. Um, I do think like you're really meant to um, like walk your own path and like figure out what that is. And, and that's going to come a lot from that. Um, and then I looked at your incarnation cross and you have the incarnation cross of explanation, which is basically exactly what it sounds like. Like sometimes we look at our incarnation cross and we're like, what does sleeping Phoenix mean? But, uh, explanation is pretty clear. Like you're here to explain things to people. That's kind of what you're here to do. Um, and sometimes 
it will be super resonant with people. And sometimes they will look at you like you have three heads because for you, this is part of, and I don't really love the name of this channel, but I understand it. It's part of what's called the genius to freak channel. It's like, sometimes people see your genius and sometimes people are like, what the F are you talking about? Uh, because like a six line, which you have in your unconscious profile, it's ahead of the game, you know? And there's like people are not quite there with you yet. And there needs to be a time of catch up. And also, um, you know, all the things that we talk about, like following your strategy and your authority to know when's the right time to share and when's the right time to like um, offer that wisdom. But putting yourself in a space of coaching is inviting people to come and hear your wisdom. Um, and this channel carries, and this cross, sorry, this cross carries, uh, an insane gift for transforming lives, um, which is like pretty cool, you know, um, like you can dramatically change things for the people that you encounter in good ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you can channel your insights, it's like, and that is, again, comes back to a spiritual connection because I, I really kind of hate the word channeling. It's overused. There's a lot of people in the wellness business, like I channeled this and I channeled that and I channeled, but it is like, it is that it is like opening yourself up to source and that wisdom and letting it come through you rather than like trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with your mind. Um, because you're kind of like downloading these insights and then your gift is to figure out how to translate them into a language that people can understand and resonate with and swallow. Um, so they can like pick up what you're putting down. Does that make sense? Um, absolutely. And I like what you said though, about, you know, the terminology channeling versus the download. For me, the way that I describe it is, I know it's not coming from, from some mundane part here. I feel that it's coming externally and mm -hmm. it feels very much like I'm, my head and it's, I can actually feel it right now in my crown where there's a, there's a connection there and I'm getting this kind of wave of information. And I know it's coming from someplace else. Um, and then it sits within me and then I take this, it's literally for me, it's like a couple seconds where I just interpret it for the person I'm talking to. And then what I've learned to determine over the years is like, wait a minute, is this person in a receptive place right now? Right. Um, that's come, it's come with time to realize, wait a minute, mm, let me hold back. Or I'm going to let, let it all come out because you need to hear this. Yeah. And what I found also is that when people react to me in a way like, oh, wait, what are you talking about? usually they'll find me again, whether it's a week or two weeks, or even months down the road. And they'll say, oh, remember when you told me this? They've had time to marinate and then it makes yeah. sense to them after the fact. But I find, it's, I find that they usually come back after, you know, after a period of time, if it doesn't get to them right away. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Which totally makes sense with that energy because it is like, like I said, like kind of ahead of the game energy and like not everyone's gonna be in this space. So it is like a tricky thing. Like you said, like sometimes you want to push and share something that they might not be a little ready for because they're going to come back in two weeks and be like, oh, I get it now, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like um, figuring out how to titrate that for you and like how, how that balances itself. That's so beautiful though. What an amazing gift that you have. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this energy also has like the, despite having a defined throat, you may blurt things out that 
that are not like in the right timing um, for folks with this energy may, uh, and you want to like really cultivate confidence and communication, which I think for you is really helped by your mercury. Like you have a really happy mercury in your natal chart. Mercury is in its sign of rulership. So it's extra resourced. Uh, it's in the third house, which it rules. It's just like, it's very happy. It's in opposition to Neptune. So there is kind of that dynamic of uh, the seesaw of like the spirituality and the logical mind and the spirituality and the logical mind kind of going back and forth and trying to figure out that balance. Um, but it's a really, really good mercury. Not only that, but if you see these tiny, I don't know if you know about bounds and terms, but these tiny planets around the edges are the bounds um, and mercury is in its own spot. See, there's like a teeny mercury here and mercury is placed in that mercury, which means it's in its own terms, which basically means you like things on your own terms uh, when it comes to mercurial things like communication, which also would encompass spiritual communication and asking for signs and communicating with your guides, but also like how you communicate with the world and how you express yourself to the world and you can get it. So a lot of times people don't realize that they have a planet in its own terms. It can also help out if something's like in a, in a challenging placement, like if a planet's in its detriment or fall, but it's in its own terms, it can like give it a little zhuzh to not a little, a softer landing pad from, from the challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, but it means that you have the capacity to like ask for what you want and get it, but you have to be willing to ask for what you want. Um, so that's something to think about as well. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, with the opposition to Mercury, I mean, to Neptune, like mindfulness is super supportive. Mantra and prayer are super supportive. Walking meditation can be really supportive. Uh, and the shadow of this, like if it got into the low vibration would be like getting into like a self-righteous place or like getting on the soapbox kind of energy and like being mindful of that and not going there. Um, but your Mercury gates can be good to explore around what you're here to communicate, which you can do in the archetypes module of the collective, um, as well as like your mental patterns. I think it can be particularly helpful for manifestors to explore their unconscious Mercury because you know, manifestors can have what's called a repellent aura. <laughs> and, um, I think that that just means that when you operate in integrity and in authenticity as yourself, you're going to attract the right people to you, you know? Um, but our unconscious mercury has a lot to tell us about the ways that we communicate non-verbally and sometimes how we're unconsciously perceived by others. And so if we look at our unconscious mercury and we have like some shadow shit there that needs to be transmuted, then that can be a place for us to clear up any kind of interference with like how we want to be perceived by the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Um, for this energy too, it's really important to have uh, clarity and resonance of your voice, which you have a really good voice. Like just listening to you talk, your voice is like in your body. Like it's like resonant in your body. And um, I feel like when you have been talking, I could listen to you talk for a long time. And I think that's important because that cross is not just about what you say, but about how you say it and how people are picking up the tone of your voice and the energy of what you're sharing. Any questions? So that brings up um, a quick question when I'm sort of balancing out, like what kind of marketing channel am I going to pursue um, in the world? So the whole thing with the throat, I'm thinking, do I do things where I'm just like, 
speaking versus writing. So that's something that I have kind of go back and forth a little bit. I think you could do any of those things because you have a defined throat. You have an active throat. You have one, two, three, four voices active in your throat. Um, you have a connection from your throat to your mind. So you're here to speak your mind. You have a connection from your throat to your heart. So you're here to speak from I, from like the ego center. Um, and you have this mercury that's just like so fucking happy in your natal chart that if all of those things fall under the mercury category, like you can write, you can be a public speaker, you can uh, start a podcast, you can write a book, you can have, you know, like those things are all going to be um, in that, in that capacity. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. The world is your mercury, mercury oyster. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna dig into that mercury. Just kind of. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's true. Like you in your natal chart, Saturn and Mars are like having some challenges and it's good to explore your Saturn gates and your Mars gates from that perspective of like, okay, Mars is in fall. And like, where do I need to work on my own reputation stuff there? Where do I need to work on self-worth or self-esteem or confidence or any of those things when it comes to the Mars stuff in my chart? And then Saturn is in detriment. So where do I need to work on the Saturn stuff in my chart? Like, where am I experiencing? And I will say this a lot of times, like we're both in our forties. And so we've lived a lot of life. And sometimes these things that are challenging show up at the beginning of our life, you know, mm -hmm. like Saturn and detriment in your home life may have been about your home life early on. Yeah, you're shaking your head more so than it's going to play out now. And the things that you learned from Saturn being challenged in your home sector early on will now give you like if you can, you know, take what you learned from that and the survival tools that you picked up and all of those things and channel that through your work because Saturn rules your 10th house, then you can use what was challenging about that in your future. Like I'm, I'm 42 and I have three planets in detriment. And I feel like I'm just now starting to see how they've played out and starting to figure out how I can transmute and like utilize what I've learned from all of those challenges to now, which I have been doing already without knowing it, because we do, we do that hopefully with self-awareness, but it's an opportunity um, for you. But then you have these planets that are super well-resourced like Mercury you have another one. Oh, Jupiter's in Pisces. Um, so it's also a planet that's well-resourced, even though like Jupiter is not your benefic, um, it's still a benefic planet and it's still bringing you good stuff. Cause you have a, you have a, um, night chart like me, which means the moon is kind of a more important luminary for you than the sun, mm -hmm. um, and exploring your moon, which, um, is, is in the 11th house. And, your uh, in what's called your insect benefic is Venus and your insect uh, malefic is Mars. So those planets, even though like um, Venus wants to bring you more blessings and Mars is like a little softer in his delivery of the harder aspects, you know, of Mars. Whereas Saturn is like your more challenging malefic planet and Jupiter is like maybe not bestowing as many blessings as it would if you had a day chart. Um, you also have, uh, where is it? Yeah. You have Venus in detriment. So your insect benefic is also feeling a little under-resourced and that might be something to explore 
um, as well. I mean, the fact that you're in Aries rising and this house and you're in a first house perfected year, this is definitely a year that I would explore. I would explore your Venus. I would explore uh, your Venus gates. I would explore this Chiron conjunct your ascendant relationship because that's like the wounded healer mm. on top of who you are. Um, which again, comes back to like, maybe this Saturn gave you more trouble at the beginning of life. Maybe this Venus did too. And now is the time to take what you've learned as the wounded healer and like birth that into the world because you're in a first house here, which is how I would look at it. Um, but it doesn't mean that they won't still bring their, it doesn't mean that we can't bring awareness to them and, and help them along, you know? Um, <clears throat> other things that I would look at are obviously your profile. <clears throat> you have a four, six profile and I'm sure you know it pretty well, but like, that means like your network is important and the network that you build is important. Um, with Saturn ruling your 11th house in detriment, I have this placement. I don't have this placement, but I have the 11th house in detriment. It means that there is inconsistency with like our relationship to groups and community and friendship and those kinds of things, or there can be. And um, sometimes it can be harder to build like the group things. Um, and we have to kind of figure out a way to work with that energy and work around the challenges where there is inconsistency or there may be delays or detours along the way with those types of, <clears throat> sorry, I got some smoothie stuck in my throat, with those types of uh, significations. Uh, you have, um, it also means with the six line that things take time. You know, you said that you'd built several businesses and that you'd always built them from like your generate, like a generator perspective, as opposed to the manifestor energy that you are. And I think with the six line, you're, you're nearing the time when you step off the roof as the like embodied. And I don't think it's like a hard and fast rule, you know, like it has to be 30 to specifically age 50. But I think um, the Chiron return has something to do with that, like stepping back out um, as this kind of embodied wisdom keeper at the age of 50. But it just means that sometimes with six lines, the, the dream that we have, you know, like the little dream inside of us, like takes time to like birth itself out into the world. But I think that you're, how does it feel? Does that feel true? Oh yeah, like I sit with I've been sitting with this idea <clears throat> off and on for quite a few years actually and then it just seems that every time I sort of dip into it it evolves and it mm -hmm. becomes fuller and mm -hmm. it's almost like a prism that's coming into view in a lot of ways and then it just feels more um more evolved more prepared <clears throat> as I give it more time and then now it's getting to a point where it's like I, I can hold it in, in my mind's eye completely. And I can, and then I can see how I can walk a client through a process and it feels really good when I think about it or I, and I kind of like sit with it. So I feel like I'm like at the end of the gestation of the idea where it's yes. like kind of, you know, come into the world, but it's been a, a little bit of a journey to get mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I love that. That's like a perfect encapsulation of a six line life and your six line is unconscious too. So it's like, um, bringing that, bringing that space into the conscious. I love that so much. Um, also you have a need motivation like me. So there's a little bit of that, like 
doing what you want to do. You know, the collective is like a complete mishmash of the things that I like. Uh, it encapsulates most of the important aspects, I think, of human design. I mean, it encapsulates all the the big, all the, all the possibilities and qualities of the body graph and elements. Um, but there's things that I don't explore because I don't care. And I don't think they're that helpful, you know, and that's my need motivation. And for a while I was like, no, it needs to be like thorough and everything that it offers. Um, you know, and I just, I don't feel that way. And I think that's, uh, important for a need motivation. Like we're outside of our motivation when we're in the fear space of like, oh no, it needs all of these details. And I need to have all the details figured out before I move forward. And, um, sometimes, you know, I'm in the middle of learning something while I'm sharing it inside the collective, because I think it will be helpful. And I'm not worried about, about that necessarily. Does that make sense? Oh, it, it does. Because, and that's like the seesaw that I've been on where, do I have to have the whole entire like foundation in house completely built before no. I even, even talk to anyone about it or, and then my intuition is saying, you know, you've been doing this thing on your own, like privately for like 25 years, like how much more do you need to do? Like you can just exactly. take on a client right now. You don't have to have yeah. all the funnels and the things and, and all that stuff. It's crazy. You know? So yeah. I'm finally accepting that. Yeah. And I don't do any of that stuff either. I like took all the marketing classes when I started my business about the funnels and the Instagram and the hashtags and that. And I've just never, it does not light me up as a generator. So it gets in my way, you know, and I left social media recently and everybody's been like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I have a newsletter and people can find me through Google. <laughs> referrals, you know, it'll work itself out, but we have to really like do what feels good for us. And for you, especially, it's not about what anyone else is doing. Also, because like me too, you have a personal perspective. So you're here to be in your own bubble over here doing your own thing and like not worried about what everybody else is doing and how, you know, that's like the, 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 that's like a very specific description of your transferred view of power would be like comparing yourself to other people or like, well, this person over here is doing all these marketing funnels. I should be doing these marketing funnels or like, this is how this person does it. Look at how they're getting ahead doing that. That's like, out of alignment and you want to come back to yourself and what feels good for you with the personal perspective. And then the irony is, is that the offer that I'm getting, you know, that I'm building for people is taking them on this internal subconscious intuitive journey to determine how they, they should be communicating to their people and developing their own internal plan. So it's like, Oh um, yeah, no brainer. Do, do it for yourself. Oh, that's the thing, isn't it? That's like, there's like used to be this meme going around with SpongeBob where he had like, he was the therapist, but he had, he like had a crutch under his arm and like his eye patch and like a big scar on his, it's like, you know, do as I say, not as I do, because we all have trouble implementing our own advice sometimes. Um, the other big things I would look at are the being bounteous things. So like, um, those things will be so helpful, you know, in addition to your incarnation cross and your North node, uh, uh, in, in like helping refine that looking at, uh, the sphere of your vocation, which is, you know, about assimilating things and like knowing what's essential and like having a unique perspective, you know, there's this like sales energy there and like kind of the director of the film energy or like the spokesperson energy of like knowing how to speak about something. Um, it includes like getting out of your comfort zone, 
um, and transmuting fears of stepping into that role of like speaking and uh, promoting. You have like some things about, I mean, this one too is like a speaking from the heart because it's in the line four in your unconscious Mars um, and like connecting to and expressing what you love. And it sounds like if you've been cultivating this thing for 25 years and like living inside of it, it's something that you really love. So you'll be able to speak about it from that place. Um, your culture uh, is in uh, gate 49, line six, which is a lot about, you know, all the line six energy, which you have as part of your profile is going to be like, connecting to something bigger than yourself, connecting to visions that are bigger than yourself, connecting to mysticism, connecting to spirituality. It's like the living wisdom and the systems of the world and nature. Um, and like being a little bit ahead of the game, which means like it's, there will take some, some need for confidence to like step into the big boss energy you're meant to have as a manifester and as a Capricorn midheaven and the, the like trust in yourself to share the things that you want to share that you feel like are important and, and life-changing and not worry about, you know, um, like know that you're going to attract the people that are supposed to find you by being your most authentic self. Uh, so I would explore your culture from that perspective. Um, your brand is tied to your conscious son. And this comes back to line four again, which is like speaking from the heart and speaking from an emotional place and being in your heart space and building relationships and connections and bridges, which can be with clients, with one-on-one -on -one clients that you build connections with. It's again about authentic expression. And I know that you've been looking into all of those in being bounteous. So, and you can continue to like explore them on a, on a deeper level. The other thing that I wanted to mention, the, the big thing is the midheaven. So <clears throat> you're, uh, you have this Capricorn midheaven, which is like this big boss, take charge energy, like take responsibility for what you want to create, keep your word about what you say that you're going to do. Um, and then you have the ruler of your midheaven in detriment. So I have this too. I'm just going to be totally honest. Like the ruler of my career is on an under-resourced planet. <laughs> and this is why I come back to this year being so um, maybe pivotal for you because you have this, this ruler of your career in a really resourced place this year for your solar return. So there's an opportunity to utilize that to get into a better relationship with that energy. Um, I also think, like I said before, that a lot of times the places that we have a planet and become the things that we do with our life. It's like all energy wants to express itself. And this energy that's like over here kind of showing, I love, I, I've, um, one of the astrologers I train with always says like a planet in detriment is like the guy who shows up to work drunk from the night before. And he's like, I'm not quite sure how I can do what I'm supposed to do today. Or he's like got the flu and the sniffles and he's just like trying to figure shit out as he goes. That's kind of what it is. Um, but the, the reality is that it just wants to have a, a channel to, to express itself. And so sometimes when we have a planet in detriment, what we can do is like figure out that planet's thing and figure out how to channel that through our business or you know, maybe, uh, like Saturn in the fourth house could be like 
challenges with boundaries and home life and you find a charity that's like somehow associated with that and you donate some money there and it like brings some energy towards this thing that's like wants to go somewhere and it goes there instead of filtering into your life or you take that thing that's detrimental or that's in detriment and you channel it into your business and you help people move through those things which i think uh Saturn ruling your 10th house and 10th house and doing some kind of business coaching is in some ways utilizing that energy. But I would um, explore your gates um, of Saturn, uh, which you have the gate of, you have gate 15, which I love that gate so much. It's like the love of humanity gate um, and like magnetism energy. And then you have gate 12, which is like, standing still and caution and like doing things in right timing, which I think is like pretty in alignment with the things that we talked about with your incarnation cross as well. Um, and then I looked at your mid heaven gate, which doesn't show up on your body graph, but does show up on another uh, genetic matrix, uh, chart and your mid heaven is in gate 38, which I don't know if you know anything about that gate, but it's the gate of the fighter or the gate of opposition. It's also a gate. It's a gate that like the shadow of that energy is struggle. Um, and the gift of that energy is perseverance. And the thing that I think is most important to take from it is that in your, in your chart, it's in line four and line four is about trusting in your process, which is funny because what you're talking about is like, I've been doing this process for all these years and now I'm going to like help other people move through that process. Uh, and also inviting the right assistance. So like inviting in because, and you know, if you're going to do one-on-one coaching, then it may be that you don't have a team of people underneath you, but it may be that like, uh, you really fucking hate doing social media. And so you hire someone to do that, or you really hate doing bookkeeping. And so you hire someone to do that. Like if you're going to do the coaching one, you know, we hear all of this stuff about projectors only working four to six hours a day, but manifestors are non-serial beings too. You have a defined root and a defined heart. So there's a part of you that's like, I've got the energy to do this. My dad is a projector and my mom is a projector and my mom has an open, no motors defined. And she's like, much lower energy. And my dad has a defined route and he has more energy than I do as a generator half the time. Like he's like bumping around. So a defined route can give you a lot of momentum and a defined heart can give you like that ambition, but you still, as like we talked about with your cross and that money line want to like manage times of rest and times of output, like manage your input and output. So there would need to be that in your business. So you don't burn yourself out. And then there would need to be ways to delegate and invite in the right assistance, whether it's like someone designing your website uh, or something that's just like, this doesn't really light me up. Like I want to focus on the coaching and I I wish I didn't have to do this thing. How can Mm. I source this thing out? Or barter. Like I barter with people sometimes for like, I had someone take everything off my Instagram and put it on the podcast and we bartered for that. So sometimes you can do it that way, but just something that takes some things off your plate so that you don't end up in the situation that you've said you've been, where you've kind of like created from a generator space. Yeah. Where I do everything. Like I wear all Mm -hmm. the hats and I have this massive output and it's funny what you're saying about the root and the heart, because when I started learning about human design and my um, being a manifester and, the, and these waves of energy. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that fits because I can work for like huge chunks of time. Yeah. But when, and then when I start, I don't, well, I don't know how to stop. Like I'll keep going, going, going. Cause I have this goal in my head 
and I got to knock out this to-do list and I won't get up from my computer because I feel this like almost compelled to finish the thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and but then I realized that that's not what I should be doing. <laughs> I should be right. like find, finding that balance and so forth. So, but that that just to let you know that that's completely accurate in terms of like how my energy is based on what yeah. you're seeing on the chart. Yeah. And I mean, it can be that like you get a pulse of energy, like your switch turns on and you're like, I got the go ahead right now. And I'm going to sit down and plow through three hours of work. And then I'm going to take a fucking nap. Like that's what it needs to, you know, if you're going to do it, then you need to like pull back afterwards and like, let yourself rest and have, and have the on and off as opposed to just on. Also, when I come back to that you're having Mars as your ruler and Mars being the body. And like, this would be a year to start bringing some mindfulness to those things. Like, are you honoring your impulses in your body? Like, are you drinking water while you're working? Are you eating when you need to, are you getting up? Like sometimes before I started doing nervous system work, I realized how often I would like not even get up and pee. Like mm -hmm. I would have to pee for like three hours and I would be like, no, no, I'm just going to finish this. And I have an open route. So I have like all of that, like, just get this thing done and then you're going to be fine. Just get this thing done and then you're going to be fine, you know? And I was like, oh my God, Amanda, get up and pee. Like sometimes I just have to break. You just have to stop for a second. And then your body's like, oh, I do want to rest. I do need some food. I do need some water, but you have to like stop the, the like stream that you're in, you know? Yeah, like, like, like jump off the train for a second. Exactly, just for a second. Um, and it will like create shifts. And then, you know, if you jump off for 15 minutes and you like take a walk around the block and you pee and you drink some water and you're like, no, I've still got energy to go, then, then use it. Yeah. But like, make sure that you're taking the break to like see where you're at and check in with yourself. Um, and then I looked just quickly also, which you can find in the business module as well for members uh, at your business gates and your business style. And I thought one of the most important ones to mention is gate one, which is the only, no, not the only gate, but one of the only gates that you have in your self-center. Um, 15 is also in your self-center and Saturn, which makes that even more important because the... While the throat center is our center for manifestation and like all roads lead to Rome, the self-center is like where the magnetic monopole lives. And so it's how we magnetize life to us and how we kind of get in relationship with the desires and things that we want. So that would make 15 even more important to explore um, because it's part of that energy of like how you co-create. And then one is uh, directly tied to authenticity and like being in authenticity. Um, it's also in your unconscious moon, which is tied to like uh, that uh, duality of attraction and repulsion and like how we attract things and repel them. Um, so I think that's also makes it important to explore. It's really like a unique self-expression energy and it wants, it wants like you to utilize your creativity for more than monetary gain. So like when there's somewhere in your life that you can put your creativity and not worry about if it's going to make you money, but you just do it for pleasure. Um, that can be really important. And like exploring um, any wounds you have through that attraction module in the inner path in the meeting ground um, could be, could be helpful um, since it's tied to your co-creation energy for more than just because the inner path has a lot to do with how we heal through relationships, but um, 
uh, our business relationships are relationships too, you know, so it might be an interesting one to look at and explore anything there. And then you also have gate 11, which is like ideas, 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 ideas. I have so many ideas and, and, uh, gate 26. And those are both in your North node energy. So while you're like starting to explore your Sagittarius North node, um, in the ninth house, like exploring those energies would be interesting as well, as far as like helping you find direction and ease and joy through those energies and like transmuting any low vibrations in those energies. Um, the other one gate 26 is like accumulation and the ability to sell an idea or a product when we use our powers for good. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the things I had. I also thought about with you because I've had so many manifestors this week that I think it can be good, not for comparison's sake at all, but to look at other manifestors and like how they're standing in their power. And the one that I know the most is someone called Peta Kelly. Have you heard of her? Mm-mm. How do you spell her first name? P-E-T-A. Like, okay. like the, um, animal yeah. group, <laughs> uh, it's Peta Kelly and she's a manifester and she's just, uh, she's a really interesting person. I followed her when I was on social media. Um, she's a writer and she's like over there doing her own thing. You know, she's like really not replicating what anyone else is doing. She's like really, uh, kind of in her own space. So I think it might be interesting to like, look, I think it's always good to like, look at people, um, kind of in the space that we're in or like, like with similar charts or similar challenges or whatever. Um, and kind of see like, oh, this person is like, really, she stands firmly in her big boss energy. And that's like what you're meant to do is stand firmly in your big boss energy. And, um, so it might be expansive to like, see someone doing that i think it's helpful too and i and i noticed too <clears throat> that um i just sort of feel like other manifestors when they're kind of off doing their own sort of thing because it's distinctly different in certain ways yeah. and a, one of my not a concern but for me it's like i have this sort of repulsion to mimicking things yeah and like being a cookie cutter stuff, I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find, like bridge this gap between like, okay, being my own sort of person, but still doing things in a way that are standard practices that would, you know, get me to where I want to get to in terms of, you know, business success. So that's sort of yeah. like a balancing act. Yeah, it is a balancing act. And I will say, even uh, coming back to her, she does things in a way that are is not the way that like they're like not in standard practice. Like she will do like a she's a coach. Well, she's a, mostly a writer, but she does coaching too, like um, like group coaching. And she'll do a three hour phone call that's like five hundred dollars. I took one one time because I was like, what is she gonna share in three hours? <laughs> you know, I'm like curious. I really want to know. Um, but she just kind of sits there and she has notes and she's just like downloading information and sharing it with you. And, uh, it's different than like what you see out there. Like she really is. I mean, some of it is like wellness is wellness. And there's things that we're all talking about, but, um, you can tell that she's really coming at it from a place that's like connected to source more than it is connected to, you know, the world around her necessarily, uh, in some ways. And so, 
I think, I think she would be an interesting person to just look into what she's doing and how she's doing it for inspiration. Um, and I totally, I mean, I get it. We have to also like, there's some things that we have to do as business owners and like ways that we have to go about things. But I think, I think manifestors make excellent coaches because you're here to initiate people, you know? So that's what you get to do all day is initiate people into. And if, and I think, uh, if you're on the fence, like this is a year to push forward. Um, big way for that, that like confirmation. Um, and what you said about, you know, here to initiate people before I knew I was a manifester, um, you know, I would do readings for people. I started doing readings for people when I was like 18, thousand years ago. And, um, it's so funny. Like I would do a reading for someone. I don't remember. I would never remember what I'm saying. Like, it's like, you get it. It's, but it comes out of my mouth. Um, and then someone would say to me, Oh, what, remember when you told me this? I'm like, no. I have, yeah. no, I have no recollection of what I told you, but did you utilize what I said to you? You know, right. like, well, yeah, it was really resonant and all this. And I can see like, oh, the 20 minutes or the half an hour I spent with you, you went on to do this X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like I was this sort of gate yeah. catalyst for you. Um, and it feels kind of good. You know that. Yeah. Of- that's amazing. That's like, you know, that's like the magic space. Yeah. Like I used to act and that those are the times when you would be like, I stepped off the stage and I have no idea what I just did or what I just said or how it came out. Or like, if I did a good job or a bad job, like it was just, I was gone. But those are the times when you're like, or I used to hear, I think it was on um, being, she talked about this poet who would like be out in the field and she would all of a sudden like get, get a poem like channeling into her consciousness you know and she would take off running for the house and she would actually write it backwards um from end to start because it was so not in her linear consciousness you know which is so beautiful like those are the magic spaces so yeah lean into that um I have one last question for you Mm -hmm. so there's one thing that you said earlier that's been sitting noodling in the back of my head Mm -hmm. about my four line and creating groups, but that could be sort of slightly challenged because of one of my planets in detriment. Mm -hmm. So what resource in the collective can I go to, to sort of? Well, that's more in astrology and I haven't gotten into all the detriment. There is like the intro to astrology video. I talk about it a little bit, but I I'm thinking that I'm going to do a workshop on planets in detriment or fall. Um, and talk about that and talk about how to like work with that energy and try to like utilize that energy. I mean, I think it's not, I don't know. And I'm not saying just because you have that, you will have that. I, I have a planet in detriment ruling my 11th house and it can just mean like that there's inconsistencies in the way that it shows up or like you have some delays as far as like how it presents itself. But I've also led lots of groups. Like I used to lead breathwork groups and things. Um, you have your moon there and your moon rules your fourth house, which has Saturn and Mars. So there's a little bit there. I don't know. Are you looking to do group coaching more than one-on-one or? No, the, the path that I foresee is starting with one-on-one um, and then having a group um, environment down the road but then potentially having some sort of um, social group where I, I can pop in and sort of, you know, make start starting making connections in that way. So if there's something there that might make it um, challenging, 
per se. I'd love to kind of go in and clear out and just have a sort of a practice to do that. I mean, I think the first thing I would do is like, look at your Saturn energy and like, and also with what I said about Saturn being more resourced this year, I, I think it's a good time to look at him and like, see what's going on. Just because I think if there is stuff, like if there is shadows to transmute in Saturn gates, or like, if you look at it in your chart and you feel like there's stuff that still needs to be healed there, um, especially because you have Chiron conjunct your ascendant, there is like this wounded healer. That's like met, that's like merged with who you are, you know? Um, which means like you're here to take all the shit that you've been through and all the lessons that you've learned and all those three line experiences from the first 30 years of your life, you know, um, and, and, and integrate that into, into wisdom that you can then share, uh, with the group, you know? Um, so I think too, like it matters if you're, you know, a lot of the stuff in your branding was like being an integrity, being in your own unique creativity, speaking from your heart, um, and the ego is like speaking from a place of I, even though it's not the same as like, I have the self-center connected to my throat. So I'm here to like speak from really my like guts and soul and personal experience, but it's maybe not the same as that, but it's still speaking from you, from mm. who you are. Um, so I think those kinds of things even will help with that. Like when you're coming from that space of, of motivation and sharing, um, And then exploring the Saturn gates and stuff and seeing if while you're in the space of more resourcing, if, if there's stuff that needs to be dealt with, um, I'm still thinking. And also, just like I said, when a planet is in detriment, sometimes <clears throat> we can utilize that in, in a career, like my teacher gave an example. I'm trying to remember it exactly. It was like Aries. It was a detriment placement in Aries, which Aries rules the head. And it was in the eighth house of psychology. I can't remember what planet it was. Uh, well, it would be Venus. Um, and this person had a career where they, uh, like worked with people with traumatic brain injury. Mm. So they took this thing, this Aries head thing, this eighth house psychology thing. And instead of it being a problem for them and their head and their psychology, they, they push that energy out into the world in some other way. So it's kind of like that, like looking at those placements and seeing like, from my perspective, when I look at the mush of like soup of all of this mixed together, how can I channel this energy into a way that's for good in my life? Healing others. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. And I got to say it that was so fun. the collective is like, like the best thing I've ever done in terms of my human design, you know, just education. It's such a great place. So for everyone who's listening, it's just, you know, it's, it's like coming home. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope that uh, whoever is listening, like you, that you find some helpful nugget in what we shared. And uh, thank you so much for being open to coming into the space and, and opening up your oh, my God. My, doors to your life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. I'm going to hit stop and then I'm going to.